This is Tyler Ward doing my third podcast for argumentation and debate. I'm going over the article entitled The Last Mass Shooting, Anticipating the End of Mass Shootings Yet Again by Bradley A. Serber. Um, the first thing that I saw when I was reading through the article was something we talked about in notes today was the use of syllogism for the warrant data and the claim. Um, this was in the text when they were talking about since people died, we should do X people died, therefore we should do X. And the idea that it was talking about was the warrant of the dead. Um, I think it's a good idea, but I also think that you have to be careful with it because we don't know what the people that are dead would have wanted. All we know is that they don't want to be dead. And so using people as political fodder can be um, difficult when we don't know exactly which is the correct idea to go forward. But also we do know that there has to be some idea because inherently people are still dead and they don't want to be there. Um, another idea the article was talking about was the apop- apocalyptic sublime. Um, the reference it made is to Sisyphus who has the end of no labors, or who has no end to his labors and chooses to do them for all time because they're willing to stay in a bad place because it's just what we know and it's just how, it's just how it is. Um, and I think that's relatable to how society treats this problem is that we've been in a place where mass shootings are so common that we just know what it's like to wake up in the morning and see a mass shooting. Um, we don't know what change would look like. We don't know how to implement it. People are against change, traditions against change, and we don't know how to overcome that tradition. Um, and I think as well, one of the biggest things that's a problem too is that we can talk about mass shootings and when we talk about it, we just say seven people are dead, 14 people are injured. And that's a, it goes to dehumanize the people when you just call it a number as opposed to saying the names of the people. And so when news companies do that, it's just a way for people to wake up and go, well, there's another one today, as opposed to four daughters and three sons, as well as someone's father was killed today, which would hit a lot harder. But for the people that want to keep gun rights, they don't want you to hear something like that. Um, The other thing the article is talking about is news coverage and how news stokes these fears. Um, I think that I, I agree with that wholeheartedly because the news coverage, when you have 24 hours of news coverage, not everything is going to be interesting. And so when you have something that will make people afraid, people will stop and people watch. Um, the article mentions the people slowing down to watch uh, accidents on the highway and how that can cause buildup, even though there's no reason other than people wanting to see what happened. And I think people inherently, when they get scared or afraid of something, or there's something that is uh, a, a tragedy or an atrocity, people inherently can't stop watching it. And so these news corporations know that people can't stop watching it, so they need something like that to occur to keep people interested. Um, I think the old saying is, if it bleeds, it leads. Um, and I think there's a lot of examples of that. 9-11, Columbine, the Orlando nightclub shooting, Those people always talk about those things because there were ways for people stay glued watching the screen. Um, and the one thing this talks about as well is even when stuff goes away, it never leaves the public eye. And I think that could also go into why some of these acts can be committed, um, especially with the Columbine, the Atlanta night shooting. Um, for someone committing an act like this, it's, it's your moment of fame. Um, no one will ever forget you once you commit an act like that. And when some people talk about manifestos and reading them on the news, um, people actually doing that and getting their word out into the world, becoming remembered forever. Um, and so I think that's a problem that people view that as a way to kind of get their voice heard. 
And the last thing the article is talking about is does Parkland leave the gun rights in a similar spot of nothing happening and people talking? I think it does. Um, legislation was passed to raise the firearm minimum age and to ban bump stocks, but at the cost of that was mental health funding to the districts, um, which feels weird to me that you can't just pass the gun legislation without the mental health. I don't feel like that should be a concession that has to be made. Um, and along with that mental health cut being made, uh, guns were allowed to be in schools along in the hands of trained sheriffs or teachers. Um, and I don't know if more guns solve a problem or if more of a problem actually can solve a problem. Um, but I think that what people do, and this is one thing we talked about, is people creating the reality. Republicans tell people to get scared because they're coming for their guns, and politicians tell them that the Democrats are coming for their guns. It doesn't have to be true. People just have to believe that it's true, and because the politicians are scaring them and news outlets are on 24 hours coverage scaring them, it creates the political reality that people live in, and so they're more willing to cave on things like that.